Coming with Bob Let's have a few brews We'll have some fun With the bum wine crew So kick your feet up And grab you a beer Cause damn man I'm glad that you're here All right, all right, all right. This is Bumwine Bob. Welcome you to a special remastered edition of Boating with Bobcat, sponsored by Four Loco on Premier Podcast Network. Yes, we are taking a slight detour this week in our podcast journey as we are going to throw it back to two years ago when our very own Uncle Jesse joined the podcast, and we broke down two of the infamous Beach Boy albums, 1989 Still Cruisin' and 1992 Summer in Paradise album. I figured it's been two years. It's one of my favorite episodes that we did, remixing it together, putting in the music, and why not do a special re-release, a remastered special edition of that very podcast as we kick off summer 2023 just a few days ago welcoming in summertime cracking open the the blue meanie the four loco pregame uh, sour blue raspberry and the four loco usa so if you have one of those crack one of them open and if you still want to get a larger fix of this podcast you can go check it out it's still out there in the bone with bobcat archives if you want to hear the original release of this episode from the summer of 2021, where we I also broke down the release at the time of the MD 2020 cans, but I figured let's break it down again and remaster, remix the episode Still Cruising to a Summer in Paradise. So crack open a cold one and enjoy. Cheers. The band that brought you the number one smash, Kokomo, is back. There's a place called Kokomo. The Beach Boys' new album, Summer in Paradise, featuring the hit single, Hot Fun in the Summertime. Summer in Paradise, the definitive soundtrack of summer that lasts all year round. Twelve new cuts from the Beach Boys. Summer in Paradise features the recording debut of John Stamos. Summer in Paradise, the first new studio album in seven years from the Beach Boys on Brother Entertainment. I gotta know why you're choosing. Are, are you a huge Beach Boys fan? And then are you a huge 80s Beach Boys fan? I have to ask you. Okay, I, I've always been a Beach Boys fan, you know, to an extent, you know, growing up. My, my dad listened to it, you know, hearing it, you know, growing up, things like that. And so I've always liked the Beach Boys. And then kind of over 
the past year, you know, when, when you're sitting home, you know, during a pandemic with nothing else to do with your life, <laughs> uh, you, you go and dig deep into the YouTube, you know, rabbit hole. Yeah. And then I started, and I mean, I had known a lot of, you know, the, the Beach Boy stuff, and I started somehow getting into all the stuff about the 80, the late 80s Beach Boys, you know, we, around the Kokomo time and, and everything that was going on with the band and just seeing the progression of them, you know, fully from like the 60s to the 70s to the 80s and then to the 90s, just seeing how they went. And I don't know, it just kind of got fascinating to, <laughs> to, to watch, fascinating. To watch totally. all of it. And yeah. and I've, I've seen how much crap that 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 late 80s early 90s beach boys era gets and i think growing up during that period and i don't know about you but i i watched full house a lot you know as, as a kid and yeah. i remember the beach boys being on there and seeing them through those means and that was kind of my first you know real introduction to them during that time period so kind of going back and looking at all of it yeah. And seeing how it all kind of tied together, I was like, just getting fascinated. And I was like, you know what? These, you know, these albums get a lot of crap. And I'm like, well, I kind of wanted to have somebody to either not not because there's there's definitely a lot of Beach Boys haters from that era that will just say like everything's terrible, you know, it, it's garbage. They won't even talk about it, but. Yeah. trying to find somebody to that might not fully like it but can kind of maybe see some good in it that's where i kind of thought you were kind of in the middle <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, 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 that's a, that's an astute uh, uh observation um because I, i'm a huge beach boys fan but i also love you know weird quirky art outsider art things that, that people think are shit but actually when you dig deeper you're like actually it's kind of genius. Whether it's it's smart. It's like it's not as bad as people make it out to be. Is is it great? No, no, no. <laughs> but with that, in my opinion, Summer in Paradise is is largely so horrible that it actually makes Still Cruising kind of great. Great, you know? yeah. <laughs> right. When, when you put the two side by side, yeah. it's like. Oh wow! Right. This is this is a great album compared to this one. Compared to this one, right? I mean, I, I li I've listened to it in the last two weeks or whatever, since we talked. Each one, maybe three or four times, and I have took notes and I <laughs> because because you know with Summer in Paradise, it it's uh, well the, the most obvious thing to talk about for these records is that the production is so dated, right? Oh yeah, it, yeah, it, and that's what people hate about it so much. I mean, people probably will say all late era Beach Boy shit is horrible because they don't like Kokomo. Right. I think Kokomo is perfect. I think it's an incredible song. Yeah. I think it's, <laughs> it's a beautiful song. Um, but they look like golfing Republican dads. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. And you know, I'm you know, I, I can understand why why you would be put off by that. Um but then when you list, so all the records, though, kind of sound like that, except the songs, for the most part, I, I, in my opinion, aren't as good as Kokomo. Right, right. What's interesting about, and I don't know how your feeling is, um, because for Still Cruising, I knew, I knew Kokomo, 
and I knew, you know, Wipeout, of course, because that was, <laughs> but, you know, the album is a, like five, five s- songs, five or six songs that are um, uh, generic pop songs, I should say, at, at best. Um, then you have Kokomo, which is this huge, perfect hit. Then you have um, uh, Wipeout, which was this quirky hit with the Fat Boys, right? And right. Then you got the old shit. Yeah. So as an album, it 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 doesn't. It's so weird the way it holds up. I, I don't. I I remember read. I read something that said that it was supposed to be uh, a soundtrack album. Yeah, I, I saw the same thing too. Yeah, I think I think that's I, at least I, think I saw it on Wikipedia. You know, you got to go to Wikipedia for all your. <laughs> yeah, and then I went to a right, 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 right. That's to what a... they. That's what they said. They said they they wanted it to be like songs that have been in movies and and things like that. And then it kind of got too overproduced, and people were throwing in new songs, and then that kind of diluted the whole idea of doing a like a soundtrack though these are all our songs that were on soundtracks which i mean is a good idea i guess you know if you want to throw things out like that because you kind of mix in some old stuff and then newer songs that have been in new movies so i I could see where they're going with it but it's a stretch yeah 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 for even for a beach boys fan we'd be like yeah that's a cash grab man yeah five songs from your greatest hits to have wouldn't it be nice? <laughs> right, right, right. Along with some other songs, are just kind of thrown in. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah. So the the thrown in is what's so interesting to me is, um, and I, you know, I, uh, as you can imagine, like you, you know, you, you start to obsess about these things. Like, why, why did they do this? Question A: Why did they do this? And then B: Why did they? Why did they do it this way? Um, dissecting these songs is so strange. So the the album starts still cruising. Starts off with um, it sounds like that Everclear song. The um, the, you know, come on, <laughs> we can try not to make the See, this scene. This is why I want to have you on here because I know you you are a musician, and I know, <laughs> and I want to get your perspective on it from from the music side. I mean, I'm just here. I'm just a fan of this stuff. I, I'm not musical myself. I've never. Okay you know, played a real instrument other than playing the recorder, you know, in like the fourth grade, you know, in school. So, <laughs> well, yeah. So, so with that in mind, it's, it's, it's strange because I don't know how many songs in total this, these two albums are maybe 20 songs. They, they use the standard fifties chord progression, which is, um, they, you know, it's like, uh, you know, That, that kind of a thing and different permutations of that. But what happens with, with still cruising um, is that at least there are a couple of songs that buck that trend because in my car, if, 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 if in my car was recorded in the seventies, it'd be a great Beach Boys song. The production is quite dated. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it doesn't, it doesn't fit in. It doesn't fit in. Um, and it's got this heavy guitarist. Meanwhile, the drummer is Vinny Caliuta from Zappa's band. Um, <laughs> and the, the chorus of In My Car is this, like, really sweeping, wonderful thing, right? A classic Beach Boys chord progression. Um, um, it modulates changes. 
-hmm. like this really cool like classical movement meanwhile every other song on the album is like, every other song is heart and soul you know <laughs> but I, I think also it's interesting is that um when you dissect the arrangements of these of of still cruising until it gets to kokomo every song is so horribly arranged like i i can't imagine how long it took for them to, to record these songs yeah it, it's uh <laughs> i mean they're like i said they're all over the place with it you know i mean i, I guess you know still cruising you kind of see it, it's kind of more like a a classic it kind of has a classic vibe to it at least that, sure. that's what i get from it and then uh somewhere near japan you know the second song that's a little dark yeah 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 it's like it, it's slow it's it's dark um first listening to it, it i'm like this does not fit it doesn't really sound like a beach boys song at all no even though the vocals on it are really pretty i, I think they're really really lovely what's so distracting about this song is it's it seems like this kind of innocuous thing that kind of goes on and on doesn't really have any shape to it and then you read the lyrics and then you find out about it and it's john phillips from the mamas and the papas who also wrote part of kokomo and the song is about when his daughter mackenzie phillips called him while he she was trapped over in japan on a trip and she was strung out on heroin because she was a heroin addict because he got her hooked on heroin and that's what the song is <laughs> and, and and the funniest thing is not the funniest thing that story right there that's not even the top 10 of the most fucked up things in their relationship <laughs> you know? right 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 I mean, that doesn't even make the top 10 you know man that's, yeah, uh... yeah it's fucked up life. but meanwhile <laughs> the song is so happy and innocuous and maybe the mike's mike loves point is like this has nothing to do with our soundtrack this is just it's it was just a nice song about when I got, you know, my my uh, daughter hooked on dope. And she called me. She said, Dad, I need some dope. I'm all across the country. Yeah, I'm in Japan. Some, somebody come help me. Okay. Come help me. Like, yeah, that, that has to be a plot point. It can't just be, you know, a song that's playing while people are going to get ice cream. Right. <laughs> right. Right. And, and they did. And they did release that as as a single. And really? They, um, yeah. Yeah. And, and I believe there's also a... Um, I think there was a music video for it. Holy shit! Um, as well, like like I said, I was digging deep into that YouTube rabbit hole of wow. of the Beach Boys. Yeah, I know, I know. It's a lot of a lot of beers were drank. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> the Beer Boys. Well, yeah. But then uh, on a song like okay, well then two other examples. There are other examples of um, of the, the island vibe, right? The Kokomo vibe. Island Girl and was it an Island Fever? Is that on Summer in Paradise? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Those are the two. I know on. Um, I know people say that Island Fever on Summer in Paradise is like Kokomo Junior. It was like uh, we had a hit in Kokomo, and we're going to try to make a song that's exactly like that, but just a little bit different, so people don't think it's the same song. <laughs> yeah, but 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 it, the song itself isn't going to be as interesting as Kokomo. You're not going to have. We're not going to spend as much time on the harmonies. We're not going to produce. We're not going to produce it well with all these other instruments, and we're not going to actually have dynamics. Summer in Paradise. That album has no dynamic. It's probably because of the drum loops on it. 
I don't know, but <laughs> the drum sound on Summer in Paradise, it, I, I mean, in my notes, it, it's fucking offensive. <laughs> it's it, it just like, the, the, the Beach Boys made some of the greatest sounding records of all time. You can't fuck with pet sounds. It's one of the most, it's, it's a fucking work of art, you know, and Hal Blaine's drum and drums on it are, it, 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 it's the gospel. And to go from that, that same band puts out, um, God, what's the, uh, I'm going to have to, to, to look up the name. It's not Make It, uh, make it Big. It's, what's it? Uh, uh, surfing. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my, yeah. It sounds like the good vibrations, like Marky Mark. Right. Well, you also have to look, too, man. This is the era. I mean, this was released in 1992. And this is, this is just showing, you know, the Beach Boys trying to be, trying to be hip with the times and seeing, you know, what, what are the songs that are popular? What, what's pop radio playing? You know, Marky Mark and the Funky Punch, Good Vibrations, mu music like that, and trying to capitalize and saying, hey, you know, we're not old. We're, we're hip. We're cool. Look at us. And, 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 and in that aspect, it's a complete failure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even remotely, it, you know, doo-wop and, and, Crunchy power chords and techno drums. That's a fucked up combo that can work when it's in the right hands or when there is some thought put into it. There's no thought put into Summer in Paradise. And like I said, when you AB that with, with Still Cruising, um, it, it, the, it, it's, it's glaringly apparent. But then, but then as you listen to Still Cruising again, like a song like Island Girl, which is basically The Tide is High by, Bl by Blondie. Yeah, and I, and you, you said that to me, and I didn't, it didn't click to me until you said that. Then I went back and listened to it, and I was like, holy shit, uh, he, 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 Jesse was right. <laughs> yeah. But then again, but, but Island Girl, but, but I, love, I love The Tide is High, and it's like, all right, well, I can give it a break. But then the line, <laughs> it's got maybe the dumbest course I've ever heard. Um, you know, uh, she, she's the island girl. She's oh so pretty. Island girl. I like her plenty. <laughs> she makes me happy, and she's kind of sassy. Yeah. What, what can we make? What can rhyme with these words? What do we yeah. have here? Yeah, that, that kind of rhymes. Yeah. Write yeah. it down. Let's record. Write it it down. Sounds, sounds good. I mean, plenty. How how rock <laughs> 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 the least rock and roll fucker that you can say. Yeah, they were they were. They're probably sitting back, you know, recording, you know, eating some some good and plenty, and they're like, "Good plenty, oh yeah. shit, let's plenty, let's use that." Let's do this. in there. Yeah, it sounds good. Why not? Um, what's your what's your take on Wipeout? I'm curious. As a standalone fun song, okay. Um, it's it's not bad. I. I like it. I'll, I'll be honest. I, I, I like the song. I'm, it's certainly not going to win any awards. Yeah. But for just like a fun mess around song of like combining, you know, trying to combine rap and not, not it's not really rock. I mean, it's they, they say like what they say, like rap and surf combination. Because um, <laughs> I mean, it's not like, like, you know, Run DMC and Aerosmith, that, that's your rap rock. Yeah. combo and then they kind of the beach boys pride themselves on saying we had the the first rap surf combo song it's like well great well, what what's I mean, who else is really doing that doing doing this i mean yeah you had the first one and probably the only one 
at this point. I don't think there's been any other <laughs> rap surf combo since 1987 when it, when it came out. And God bless him. I'm, I think actually, I think I think it's pretty cool song, and I think the 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 last verse, you know, let's all sing a song called the Out. It's really good, and I love it when it goes acapella, classic. You know, Believe me, pet sounds comes in with the beatboxing. Is it, that actually makes sense because those are ideas. Sur- Summer in Paradise has no ideas. Still, still, freaking some ideas, but at least you know that's a quirky combination of Fat Boys and Beach Boys, and it's you know it, it's different. It's new, uh, but at least it's something. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's just it's like, hey, that's at least it's got there, and and. You know, at least it's well done because it's the Beach Boys, some of the greatest singers in the world. That one surprised me that I I, I thought I was gonna not like Wipeout, but compared to a song like Make It Big, um, which is uh, I, I think he's a Pierce Warren. Mike Love became he became the voice of the Beach Boys, right? Yeah, you know, yeah, the eighties and. For so many reasons, that's not good, <laughs> right? Because like, you end up with stuff like this. <laughs> you know, like yeah. Number one, you end up with stuff like this. <clears throat> number two, your leader is a guy who's not um, thinking about the band in total. He's thinking about his own vocals. Brian Wilson was a composer. He was a producer. He was a bass player. He wrote out all the harmonies. Mike Love is just thinking about when Mike Love gets his own shit in. That's why right. there's. There's so many times where it would just be him going, "Hey, I don't want you. Don't you want to go with me?" And then there's there's probably 15 times on the record where he gets these little parts where he's sort of speak singing really close into the mic, and it's really creepy. Right, you're just kind of whispering, you know. Oh, and whisper. I'm this old guy, Anna. Don't you? I'm. <laughs> And I mean, I mean, whole, I mean that. I mean that. That gets very apparent in in Summer in Paradise, in, in that pretty much that whole album. I mean, we we can get further into that one, but I mean, I think yeah. when you were talking about Make It Big now, I I think I think that's. I mean, I I like that song a lot. I okay. when I like first, I, I just think it, it it's upbeat. It's it has it has a great rhythm to it. At least I think. You know, okay. just coming from someone not musical at all and just. Uh-huh. Just likes music. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but, that, 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 that part, the uh, the synth, the ding, 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 ding. That's cool. It's a cool chorus. But then the right, the, the, the song to me, um, I, it, it, I don't, I don't hear the song. I hear that one part, and I like that one part. Yeah, and and, and I know, like when kind of. Mike Love has this kind of like his his solo kind of you know within it, and that's kind of the same thing too, where he's you know talking that low like "Hey baby," you know, kind of and everything that, that you do. I can see where you're coming from with that aspect of it, and you and you can tell definitely it's one of his productions to put himself front and center <laughs> with it. Yeah, and and I think. Um... They bec- these these albums become lead vocal heavy as a result, and that's not what the Beach Boys were. The Beach Boys were not a lead vocal heavy group. They were, a, right. a, you know. So, and that's the I guess that's also kind of can become a frustrating thing with, especially with Still Cruising, is that some of the actual harmony moments are are beautiful. The chorus of Somewhere in Japan 
and of course, you know, most of Kokomo, the, the chorus of, of in my car, it's all about the band unit. So when my, you know, like even in still cruising, still cruising after all these years, how many times does the music just stop? And he's going, don't you want to groove? And then we're cruising and we go. And um, I, I think that becomes another reason why people hate 80s Beach Boys so much is that exact element. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely for sure. I can see that element of it where it's the it's a different type of music than the classic Beach Boys. So if you're going into it saying, oh, it's the Beach Boys, I know what I'm getting, you put this on and you're like, well, this was not what I was expecting. <laughs> no, that's a, it's not what I was expecting. And a person could probably say, and it's bad. Right. <laughs> you know, they might not expect Wipeout with the Fat Boys, but okay, <laughs> there at least there's some creativity to it. With my love stuff, I think it can be. I'm not expecting this from the Beach Boys, you know. Um, I, what I find, and and I, I like, if we're thinking about now with with Summer in Paradise, um, maybe I don't. Maybe you're right. Maybe it is that one is more. Even though it was later, it feels more dated than Still Cruising. I don't know if that, you think. I, I no, I, I think you're right. I think you nailed uh, that one because I think it's the not counting, you know, the three you know classic songs that are on Still Cruising, which are just kind of greatest hits that are thrown in there. We're not, we're not talking. Even, about, we're not even, even going to bring them up because you know I get around. Wouldn't it be nice in California, girls? I mean, that's you know three classic Beach Boys songs. songs of all time. So they're right, right. They, they they're on every. I mean, there's like 50 different Beach Boys greatest hits albums. That's right. Probably more than that <laughs> at this wouldn't at this be, point. Wouldn't it be nice? Is the is the first song off Pet Sounds, which is, you know, everybody will say that's top five best albums of all time. Right. Right. Well, yeah, you know, so we don't need to talk about that on Still Cruise. <laughs> right. Right. They're just kind of throwing in there saying, "Hey, these were in a in a movie, but we originally going to do that on this album, but we changed our mind and threw in a bunch yeah. of other." And songs. that's the reach, man. Like you know, I mean, it'd be. I don't really have any desire to talk to Mike Love. But I would love to know where the reaches of like, yeah, people would just know that this is a concept album about, you know, <laughs> a soundtrack. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like it's inherently that we all know what movie, what one movie wouldn't it be nice was in, you know? Yeah. 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 Cause these are all, you know, iconic movies that. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Right. I mean, I mean, I mean, you get it, you get it from, you know, you get it when you see Kokomo on the album. You're like, oh, okay, that was from Cocktail. Everybody knows that. Yeah. And then, but. And I think that's pretty much the only reason why this album did did so good was because it had Kokomo on. I mean, that was the main thing was people buying it just so they could get Kokomo. Right. And for me, I bought the cocktail soundtrack. I was I was that guy. Okay, well, I, you're that guy. Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> I, I I it does have some good songs on that. I have got uh, hippie hippie shake, and it's got some. I think there's a Roy Orbison song on it too, and yeah. Oh yeah, the hippie 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 shake. Now I don't know. Was is addicted to love on that soundtrack? Or? I would not be surprised. Or not because because that that's one of the best parts of the movie is when they're when they're in the bar and they're yeah. everybody's singing addicted to love and they turn it down and back up. I mean, I I love Robert Palmer, one yeah. of my favorite um, artists, one of my favorite go tos when I'm when I'm drunk or in the process of drinking and you put on addicted to love or simply irresistible right. and I'm, I'm out there dancing like an asshole so <laughs> or, uh, or i didn't mean to turn you on is a good one yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so so yeah very the the movie itself cocktails kind of eh, it's not yeah. 
the, I think the beginning of the movie is a lot better than it, it turns out. But you know. it's surprisingly dark movie at times. Yeah, that's why I wasn't sure. I mean, I, I probably a little more than ten years ago. I think it was the first time I actually sat down and watched the whole movie. Wow. And at first, I was like, okay, you know, this is cool. You know, he's you know a student and working at a bar and doing all this stuff. Then, then yeah, like I said, like like halfway through, it gets it gets dark, and it's like yeah. I thought this was just a fun loving bar movie but man you guys really brought this down <laughs> it, it gets it, it they do bring it down yeah I, I just thought it was gonna be a movie about you know elizabeth shu and tom cruise you know will they will, will they won't they will they won't they and, right right and they works at a bar and they're, they're listening to music and oh <laughs> well, there's this other guy and then there's this older lady and then yeah but yeah but i when, but when people think about the movie cocktail they think about kokomo right right as well as Jen. So, yeah. <laughs> so Mike, Mike Love really rode that wave as far as he could possibly go. Yeah, and and it, and it is surprising how much hate that Kokomo does get from people. I mean, it's probably, I mean, it's one of the biggest Beach Boys hits. Right. That's totally different from their their sixties. Two totally different levels. You know, going from like if they want to say, you know surf surf music of the original beach boys to now the island music of the kokomo the kokomo era right just the way just the way that you say that sounds so ridiculous but it's it's true yeah yeah but it's it's to piggyback on what you said um in new york i play with these sometimes i play with these guys called the losers lounge which are kind of a new york institution of doing tribute shows and theme shows wonderful incredible musicians they've been doing it for like 30 years it's, it's crazy um and uh i did a show with them it was a Bette miller tribute and we played wind beneath my wings and one of the guys in the band said i think this might be the worst song we've ever had to play <laughs> even though i love that song but one of the one of the guitarists was like this i can't this song fucking sucks and then he reached out to the, the bass player who was i was i was actually subbing for and that bass player said, no, he said, Kokomo is the worst song that I've ever had to play. And I, I can see where he's, where he's coming from because of, of the production mainly. Um, and, you know, the, the steel drums, that's a hard one. Like this, like some people hear steel drums and even sometimes I'm even that guy and, and I'm, my eyes roll. Um, but Kokomo, I, I mean, I definitely have a sense of memory of being a 12 year of uh, being what? 10 or 11 and seeing that video and sort of my heart swelling and granted I was going through puberty and girls in bikini. <laughs> yeah. But a lot but, of, a lot of emotions, a lot of feelings. Sure. But then my God, Carl Wilson, you know, um, yeah, I'm going to take you down to Kokomo. You get, I mean, when he sings that part, it's the beach voice. It's classic. Right. Beach voice. Yeah. How do you not like that? It's fucking, it's when Carl Wilson, and that's one of the things that I'll always like when I first, the first time I heard these records, I was like, oh man, I don't know how, if I'm going to get through these records. But then when I would focus on Carl Love, I was like, it's still Carl Love, man. So even when these album, these, you know, Summer in Paradise and Still Cruising have moments where I are tough for me to get through, when Carl Wilson breaks out, your heart, he, he tugs at my heartstrings. Yeah, they're very underrated. And, then, and I, I've been going through my whole process of analyzing this Beach Boy stuff. I, 
gained so much more respect for for Carl Wilson and and what he meant to the Beach Boys since not really knowing too much about him compared to the 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 face at this point in this era is is Mike Love and then I mean the real person behind the Beach Boys is Brian Wilson so those those are your two your two main faces that that go with the band but the guy that's always been there in the in the back not, not not necessarily background but just he's always off to the side is, is yeah. carl but when he when he's front and center you're like man he always had he has that aura to him and this seems like a really cool dude uh, in all these music <laughs> yeah. videos yeah. that is yeah. like you have mike love out there doing his own thing with his his funny shirts and funny hats but then uh, usually in like all black or in some sort of a suit you know is carl wilson just kind of there like yeah we're we're doing this shit with him you know i don't know i don't know why but we'll make the best yeah. of it <laughs> yeah it's like yeah we're family yeah <laughs> i know we're cousins yeah we're cousins but you know cousins, but yeah i know it's not my thing yeah you know he's a republican but you know whatever. right <laughs> right because everybody always says like well why didn't anybody else stop mike love and taking them down this stretch between you know carl and you know al al jardine another one that i've, I've gained a lot of respect for absolutely going going through all this and people always say they had as much of a part in it as as mike but they were just kind of like okay whatever you want to do they just kind of were following along with it and doing it says so like did they think it was a good idea did they think they needed to go down this road or was it just like whatever let's give it a shot and see what happens i think it had to be that i think you know also i guess when you think of the popularity of the beetle of the beatles the beach boys um it's okay, so kind of tips in the late 60s. They have a couple hits in the 70s. Um, they lose Dennis Wilson, and in the 80s, suddenly people get in, suddenly people are starting to give a shit about them. So right, I think right. they, were just, they were just happy that people were giving a shit. Right, yeah. right, right. Because you think, I mean, before this, you know, before Still Cruise, I mean, they had a, their album, The Beach Boys, in, in 85. And, oh. you know, that, that had, you know, um, well, I guess I guess Get You Back was the biggest song okay. off of that one. And then they kind of, guess what? They released another Greatest Hits yeah. <laughs> album yeah, after that. Good. And we're kind of still kind of, I guess, nostalgia at the time. Yeah. I think that was kind of what brought them back in. I guess was that the 80s nostalgia for like the 60s. Yeah, yeah. So. I think that's what you said, which kind of brought them back into the forefront in like the mid '80s, and then trying to capitalize on that and finding any way they could to kind of try to get a boost to bring themselves back up into the mainstream again. Yeah, and and and, and talking about the, yeah, it definitely the late '80s. The whole there was the, there was the renaissance of the Summer of Love. That definitely Freedom Rock, mm -hmm. Freedom Rock, and stuff like that. Um, Conveniently going into Summer of Love, the song itself, Summer of Love, is upsetting <laughs> to me because even though I kind of like that hook when they say, I can't wait till summer because it's going to be a summer of love. And hey, now. <laughs> like, like, if Brian Wilson had that in his, like, in his hands, he could have made that spectacular because it's kind of a cool hook. But that, that's as hooky as it gets, just what I just sang to you. 
And that's kind of depressing because the song, The Summer of Love, God, the Beach Boys could talk a lot about The Summer of Love. They were there. Right. This song is about fucking like Baywatch. Well, yeah. Did, did you watch the music video for it? No. Oh, should no, I? Well, you, you should. You should. Because it, it's it's essentially them on, on the beach in a Baywatch style credits going through. So I guess they. Some, uh, Summer in Paradise was released in 92, and the video for Summer Love didn't come out until 95, when they, they did it. They did a guest appearance on Baywatch. Oh, man. I'm out. Oh, God. <laughs> so, so make, make sure, yeah, I'm going to add that to your list of, of things you need to do. I guess Just I to go back and watch this thing, and if you want to see, you know, just creepy Mike Love. Uh, is it is it, it, is it David, David Hasselhoff and Mike Love like getting down? No, no, t- there's no David Hasselhoff sadly in, in the in the video. I'm surprised, you know. I'm surprised they didn't get a little David Hasselhoff on the album. I mean, when you have John Stamos, you might as well, right? You're, you're on so the cool. album, you're, okay, you're... Let, 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 let's talk about John Stamos because 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 here's the deal: we got to give John Stamos some credit. Oh, I do, I do, I, I do. I mean, this this is the the Stamos era of the Beach Boys, you know. From the still still cruising to well, he's still there today too. He just played with them over, you know, Fourth of July. They did a show and he was there, so he's he's, he's been there Gogum. since. Yeah. yeah, he's in Gilgamesh, of course. Yeah, that's how we yeah. know. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, to me, "Forever" is is the best song on the album. Um, he, it's 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 a I mean, it's a, it's an old song, obviously. So so it has that. You know, it's not a, it's not a 1992 it's not a 1992 Beach Boys song. It's a like a 70s Beach Boys song. Um, a I, lot I of, but a lot of people take issue with it being how John Stamos sings it, and compared to the the Dennis Wilson version of it. That you know, I mean, the Stamos one is you know is more pop and that. I mean, it was it was it was essentially recorded for Full House. I mean, he did his band did it in the show and did a whole episode on it so I mean I can see it I, I like the song too but you know a lot of people will, will give it a lot of shit okay so 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 the, the people that give John Stamos shit for this song do they not do they also give Mike Love shit because in my opinion John Stamos is doing this song much more of a service than Mike Love does to his songs oh yeah <laughs> you know, like I don't think there's any debating that well, but but I but I think a lot of people would be like, oh fuck, John Stamos. It's like, well, actually, he's he's doing the song justice. He clearly loves it, um, and it's hard. I don't, some, some of these songs, it's hard to tell how much the Beach Boys are really into. As you said, it's kind of hard to tell how into it they are. They're certainly not into the arrangements of them because they're flatter than a pl- plate of piss most of the time. <laughs> they kind of just hang there. With forever, that song has a good build to it, you know, and. There's some there's some passion in there. So and also, I mean, I, I can't say too much bad shit about John's name because he's also Uncle Jesse, and I'm an Uncle Jesse. And, yes. <laughs> and he had Uncle Jesse and the Rippers. I I had I made up my own band names, Jesse and the Rockers. You know, I can give give him that. It's just it's interesting to see that the song that um people will again they'll roll their eyes at a John Stamos Beach Boys comparison, but he is by far the worst the most egregious thing on this album. Mm-hmm. You know what you say? Oh, yeah. No, I agree with you on that. I, I like the song. I mean, but I, I mean, I, I understand where people are coming from with it when they're like, oh, well, it's it's a essentially a cover of a previous Beach Boy song, pop rock, 
with it. So I, I, I get that, but no, it's, right. it's, it's definitely not even close to the, the worst thing uh, on the album. And, and I, I like John Stamos, you know, in, in general, and I like him with the Beach Boys. I think it's a, uh, and it's some sort of fun dynamic that he brings to the band, you know, during you know this time period and and today too. I mean, I watched some of their show from Fourth of July weekend, and and he sang forever at their concert. Okay, and, cool, yeah, and played played drums, did his you know his little bongo you know <laughs> deal that he does. So, I mean, he's somebody yeah. that you know loves the music, is is a musician, and is not just there to pretend he's part of the band he really puts in the effort yeah he that's in, the, into it he learns the songs clearly and 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 now as in retrospect like that's john stanwell's when he's you know he's not shooting a show and like you know hanging out with i'm sure incredibly beautiful women and doing making commercials that guy could be doing anything and what does he want to do he wants to play with the beach boys that's fucking cool yeah Not definitely that. yeah that's, good for him yeah that's like there's a lot that's that's i think that's admirable i don't think um <laughs> I, I find it really funny though that, that people would think yeah but john stamos's cover of of forever man that's so cheesy man but i love how the beach boys you know put wouldn't it be nice you know on still cruising I, I, you know, <laughs> it's the fucking logic in that well okay so well, so in, in talking about more covers about summer in, summer in paradise um the one song that i'd heard before well i heard i heard forever obviously because of full house but um the owner of the boardwalk i remember that <laughs> and um um i i think it's really bad i uh, i agree with you on that one. <laughs> yeah and i what's curious is um like i, I love the movie beaches with ben midler I'm a big, big fan of Beaches. It's one of my. I was going to say, I'm, I'm getting the feeling you're a big Bette Midler fan. I'm a big fan, and and the movie starts off with her singing under the boardwalk, and it's this kind of, um, it, it's not, it's not just like the, it's not, it's not the actual um, uh, arrangement. It's it's a little slower, a little sadder, but it's um, cool. What's weird about this under the boardwalk is they they just they change it the melody's a little bit changed it's um well yeah that's that's what they did with all these covers you know the few covers they did on this album was like let's let's take them and slow them down and you know kind of rework them did did you need to do that was, was it really necessary <laughs> yeah, the, the slow the slowing down again when it's in the hands of <laughs> when it's in the hands of the right person like brian wilson <laughs> When it's in his hands, he that guy can make something because I think because he's a producer and a composer and he makes choices. I don't think there's a lot of choices going on here. I think it's very no, fun, no, <laughs> you know. Um, and under the boardwalk by itself is a really pretty song, and it and that you know it has a story, it has a shape. Remember walking in the sand? My God, the original version by the Shangri Las. It's incredible. It you know Shangri Las, the leader of the pack, and right, right, walking in the sand. You know, short songs, but they told stories, and it's really heavy shit. When the when when the Beach Boys do it, especially walking in the sand, it, it no, nothing happens, and that's what's so that that's what really bothers me about about this record is that um, like and and hot fun in the summertime. Exactly. Sorry, that might be the worst because that song 
really only works when it's Sly Stone singing. Right. <laughs> he can bring that song to a place. With Walking in the Sand, like I would love to hear the Beach Boys sing that song, but in 1965, you know, acapella, you know, at a barbecue, I bet it would be one of the most beautiful things ever. You know, because they, they would be able to tell that story. Here, you know, remember. Cheesy delay and, and um, it, it, this is when people say that the Beach Boys suck. It, it's when they, if they use this as an example, it's hard for us Beach Boys fans to, to argue with. Right, right, right. Because if they had just done a straight cover of it, it, it probably could have been pretty good. Could have worked. Well, it, yeah, they, it could have worked. Yeah, I mean, they did a version of California Dreaming, which is not bad. I mean, it's, 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 it's. They don't really change it, but it's a good, great song that they sing pretty well. All right. But, exactly right. That, that's pretty much taking the California Dreaming and just recording it themselves the same way it was recorded by the Mamas and the Papas. And it's just like, just do it straight through, and you're like, this is a pretty good song. But here, you try to mess with everything and try to tweak it, make it your own. Now, I don't know if that has to do with how they were recording this record, because if you look, they said that they started to use, I guess, was using uh, uh, using Pro Pro Tools on on a Macintosh, you know, and this was, you know, the early 90s, and it's certainly... Right, it's certainly not what you're going to have on your iMac today. (laughs) Correct, correct. (laughs) And trying to be hip with the times and say, oh, we can use a computer and and edit our stuff and record it this way, so I think that has a lot to do with how these songs turned out, and if they had just done it the old-fashioned way, it right. probably would have been a lot better. If I mean, it's if these songs had real instruments, if they, right. these songs had real drums, it would sound much better. Um, one of the things that I re- that actually really uh, because because you're bringing up the point about the playing, and that's true. It, it, there's something about the cold feel about the technology, which is basically mainly the synth sounds and the drum machines, when you have that juxtaposed, um, juxtaposed, like this clean, cheesy electric guitar, it, it, what it reminds me of is, I don't know if you remember the TV show, California Dreams. I do not know. It was like a Saved by the Bell. Okay. Um, and a fellow, another Saturday morning show about a rock band that, you know, they would play, uh, you know, they play at the local burger hut. Right, right. <laughs> and and it, this is exactly what that music sounds like. You know, to, to a T. Um, is what Summer in Paradise sounds like. And that's as big of an insult as I can possibly give. And, and But I, I, I think also, though, what you just said is an, is an interesting point, is if you're going to take these songs and you're going to rearrange them, you know, you got to be careful of that. My point is that they didn't go far enough. They kind of just went, eh. And put Good it enough, out. right? Right. They were like, that, oh, yeah, that, that sounds okay. Right. And coming from a band where the where Brian Wilson would painstakingly make them do good vibrations over and over again until it was perfect, till he had that sound, and that's why we remember good vibrations as the fucking masterpiece it is. Right. Th- this was just going through. Okay, let's record it through once, and then it's like, okay, you know, that, that's that's good enough. Then we can we can edit it. You, you know, know and 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 add mix things around within the software and try to make it sound right, but it yeah. does not 
turn out that way when you look through a majority of the songs you know I, I mean i think there are some decent good enough songs on the album i don't know how the songs though the songs though you're right um still surfing for example lyrically that song is great yeah i, I thought that that was one of the, the first songs i had heard off of yeah. this album before i dug deep into the whole thing and i had come across it at one point on youtube and it it kind of has a little bit of a a little bit of a classic beach boys feel to it not not too much but a little you, you can get a taste there's a it. taste correct yeah it, it's not it's not the overproduced stuff like the covers on the album which it seems like any covers they did on this album was what they they did one take of and like we said just kind of said okay we'll edit it and kind of make it sound fun and it's like mm, no no guys that was a bad idea oh hey we'll make this sound fun oh Oh God! I, I just had some A and R man douche chills. <laughs> but, no, but, but, your, but your point is right though about slow serving because th there is that vibe. I mean, Beach Boys were so great, and, and same. I would say the same thing about Motown is you could take these really sad lyrics, but the singing would be so fucking good, the melodies would be so catchy that you'd wind up humming them and singing them, even though lyrically really sad in my right, room glory right. baby but, you know and and still serving has this kind of story about this guy who you know he never this is still serving he's he's he'll always be a beach boy he'll never grow up he just wants to hang out with his girl well right. what a great story the with brian wilson his music he could sort of take that and he could s sort of have it say this guy used to like this but maybe he'll have to change but in the end he's not going to change he's always going to be this guy they don't do that. The story, their song just is like, this is a guy, he likes to surf. <laughs> and that's what's so... See this guy, he likes to surf. Oh, okay. Yeah, as opposed <laughs> to the story that I just told you in five seconds, which like Brian Wilson could have made a whole drama out of that, even though it's, even though it's, it's the same fucking plot, you know? Right, and when it comes down to that, and it's a different type of depressing compared to like like somewhere near japan and i'm still cruising where it's it's so uh, drug addiction yeah. and it's like okay let's not take it to that extreme at least they dialed it back a little bit to say okay we'll, we'll make a little bit of a sad that, song that but but we're not gonna go too dark with it they, they didn't go too dark with it but you know what they did do <laughs> the weirdest <coughs> song to me uh, out of both out of all both albums is um uh, strange things happen, uh, you know, well, well put, apropos. Um, that song, after it gets to the second chorus, it just, it's a jam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a three minute jam of this one part. It's very, I, I know. <laughs> it's very strange. It's very, it just, it's, it, and, and, and I kind of like it actually. I think it's pretty interesting. It, it, it reminds me of the fate, like, if, to me, it could have been the last song of an album, you know, kind of like the fade out of a movie where the credits are. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's surprising. It, it's, it is strange. You can you, you can give it that, but uh, it is a little surprising. It is it is one of the one of the few bright spots on there. You kind of like you kind of get into it after a while. Yeah, it's a it's a, it's literally a two minute jam on this. The call of Summer in Paradise innocuous is, is, is a stretch, 
I would say it's, it's, it's a very safe album. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it has these very tepid covers, um, and then a you know, nice cover, and then in the middle of it, a two-minute jam. Right, right. And then you have, um, which we kind of talked about a little bit before, was, was Island Fever, which is kind of a, a knockoff of Kokomo, but but I, I like that song. I, I think it, for what they're trying to accomplish with it as a... The, cor- okay. the chorus is pretty cool, yeah. The, yeah the as, cor- like a, as like a Kokomo Junior. <laughs> right. Uh, it's like, yes, it, it is, you know, pretty much like a ripoff of Kokomo. But, I mean, I guess if you're ripping off yourself, um, I guess it, there's nothing against that. I mean, but... That's what they say. But but uh, what I thought it was cool about Island Fever is at least the chorus has some movement to it. I don't know. It, 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 it doesn't just sit there. You know, there's, there's, there, it's got some beauty to the chorus. True, very in, true. In yeah. way, you know? <laughs> um, what's interesting is the third. As I listen to it again, even though it, it does have the Kokomo, obviously that was the impetus. They also, you could tell that they were trying not to be so Kokomo and not have the steel drums and not have the little harmonicas and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, like the, the the the. It doesn't have a complete island vibe. In a way, it, it, Kokomo is all you can. It's just it's you can hear the sand in that song. Island Fever, yet kind of get some sand in your shoe. Yeah, I I, I, I kind of feel like I'm more in like the rainforest with it. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right, okay. I mean, you kind of get it because like you know you hear kind of like the in the background. I don't want to say insects, but there's like kind of like a, like a rattling or, or something. So I don't know. I mean, I get more, instead of like an island, like beach vibe, I get more of like a rainforest vibe. I mean, that's just me. Okay. I, no, actually, I can... right. <laughs> okay. Well, that would actually make, okay, that might make a little more sense in, this, in the way that um, uh, Summer in Paradise is a song that also has to do about the rainforest. Right, right. That that's their their save saving the world and which is so bad, but but perhaps um, maybe maybe you're on to something. Maybe there is that rainforest vibe. See, yeah. maybe maybe that's something nobody ever picked up on before, and now we're we're breaking it down here today. Really, <laughs> really, really getting to the bottom of this stuff. <laughs> right. This, this is, forget about the concept. This is the concept album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> uh, yeah, it's. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. I there's so much. Um, there there are a lot of callbacks, right, to this to to old Beach Boys stuff. Whether it's covering themselves or all the stuff about you know the summer of love, those kind of callbacks. And Summer in Paradise has a lot to do with that kind of vibe. Summer in Paradise. I think if you took Mike Love off that, that song works pretty well because it's. It's it's honestly nostalgic. Yeah, it's pretty much just going through the whole Beach Boys history, pretty much yeah. in song. Right, and, and then we get to, and then we get to the ozone layer or whatever. The hell we get to. Right, right. It, it starts off like that, then it goes to be have to you know save the world and then the ozone and the rainforest and then they they show up on Baywatch for like a fundraiser thing. So, Jesus Christ! <laughs> yeah, I, I, every, I, I, I I mentally saw everything that you just said, and what I don't like is that the way that that the way the, the way the sentence starts was this is the, you know this nostalgic for a good song, and then we're in the rainforest, and then we're in Baywatch, and then we're. Singing. 
<laughs> suddenly the, the train went off. The, right, well, right, right. Well. Then they find out that the out that Summer Paradise sold like five copies, and they're right. like, "Oh crap, we're we're screwed." Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Brian, Brian, house, can we get you back? You got yeah, 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 yeah. And, and and which is funny because I I I searched you know, at the time when this came out and. John Stane was played forever on Full House. They actually re- released the, I believe, a cassette single of it. And I remember going searching at like the mall and everything, and trying to get my my parents to find it, and, and we could never find the the album. And I was so upset. I I wanted that cassette single of Forever <laughs> so yeah, bad, yeah. and and never never got it. And then it took just about thirty years later to to finally sit here and and break it all down <laughs> yeah I, I mean i i can firmly say that um i was not uh i, I mean i was into primus in 1992 that that was where i was for that was where my my dollars were going at the record yeah. store um and i never i never really even got into i never really got into baywatch i was into i was in other shitty tv shows definitely yeah that no was, yeah I, I never watched baywatch either but so, so th- this era of this these specific albums went over my head yeah it's 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 a different it's a weird time period to go to go back to and and trying to figure out okay where this album was in the grand scheme of music and pop culture Mm -hmm. which is them trying to grasp on as as we said before it's 1992 you got your Marky Mark and the, <laughs> the Funky Bunch yeah. out there, and you're trying to make yourself relevant in the pop world. Yeah, it's a swing and a miss. I mean, that's well, yeah. So I had a, I had a couple of hypotheticals, and this is what I would make because I maybe this is a good note to end on. Um, question one: What would what would have what would have Brian Wilson have brought to Summer in Paradise? Had he been in a mental place where he could collaborate, what do you think he would have done with these songs? Could he have done anything? Well, would they have made their, would these songs even have made it onto the album? I guess (laughs) that's the main thing too, which is would this album have even been in existence? I guess that's the main question. I mean, I guess we all know that this was pretty much, you know, Mike Love's idea. Uh, I, I assume he picked out the songs and I'm sure probably, you know, Carl and, and Al and, and Bruce, you know, might've had some say into, you know, some of the songs, but if, if Brian was there, I mean, I don't think it would have turned out the way it did. I think maybe, maybe we would have gotten more of the classic covers of the songs. Like we said, if they were classic covers, they would be, Maybe a lot better. Yeah. Maybe would have gotten something like that, but and that, that's a, that's a, that's a tough one. I mean, what do you think? Oh yeah, I, I mean, I I can't see because I was like, it's like, well, I can tell you this: I can't see him just plugging in Brian Wilson's voice into these songs. I can't. But what I would have loved on Summer of Love of Summer in Paradise is imagine these songs just with the Beach Boys. Let's, let's say you changed nothing about the arrangements, right? You just kept their voices. You added in Brian Wilson, just some piano and, you know, acoustic guitar. 
I think they, you would have had something because at at this at this at, at the core, even though I don't think all the songs are great <laughs> at, at all, all these songs have something. I think I think each song has something, but I think I think between the production and the the overproduction and the underproduction and the datedness of the sounds, it's just really hard to penetrate this album. Yeah, it, it's its own. It's its own worst enemy in the end it's it's something that you want to be good but you just sit and listen to it and the good outweighs the bad i mean out of out of 12 songs there's what maybe five if they we're can get, <laughs> they can get through. yeah if, if we're generous you know with that's right uh, uh, that are yeah, i mean i can get through strange things for forever um i can get through still surfing and uh, and I, I put Island Fever on there too. I, I guess Island Fever, yeah. Yeah, so I mean that's sure. But then, it, but then, okay, so, yeah. Well, and then my other question would be, if if um, if on uh, Still Cruising you have the Fat Boys as your big collaborator, and let's not let's not let's take John Stamos out of the uh, the the role of being. Uh, a um, you know a collaborator because he's in the band, right? Let's what guest collaborator would have been great for Summer in Paradise? Who uh, you know who of that period? In the same ways that you know the Fat Boys were so indicative of late eighties. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I don't know if you saw what the who was originally supposed to be on Summer of Love was supposed to be. No, who? It was supposed to be a duet with Bart Simpson. Oh, no, it was not. Oh, that, that's what Wikipedia tells me. Oh, my God. That was supposed to be, it says, it, it, was, it was originally intended to be a duet with Bart Simpson for a planned Simpsons movie, but the Simpsons producers turned down the offer. The song was instead used in an episode of Baywatch. So, wow, that's who was supposed to be our big collaborator for Summer in Paradise was supposed to be Bart Simpson, which was coming off of do the Bartman. Um, Bart and, and that's so would that have helped? I mean, I don't know, I, I, don't, I don't see how that would have fit in with Summer of Love in any way, having Bart Simpson on on that song <laughs> no but but, that made, but yeah but, but you saying that makes i think i don't know that's the exact correlation but it is a similar correlation at all for sure yeah but bad boys to beach boys simpsons to beach, yeah um wow what an awful fucking idea <laughs> jesus christ and awfully good come on well I mean, I'm a huge. I mean, come on, The Simpsons. Yeah, that, yeah. That, that to me, The Simpsons didn't become The Simpsons until a few years later. I don't know. To yeah, me, no, I, I I agree. It was still, you know, well, I mean, I think we can all agree that the early Simpsons, the first, you know, decade or so of The Simpsons, were the best, you know, compared yeah. to where they are now. But yeah, I mean, at at this point, they were starting to get their footing, and it was probably it was probably like the mid '90s was when it kind of really the caught closer, yeah. fire and, and was was great. But yeah, so at this point... Um, yeah, at that point, they, at that point, they were more of a, a, a pop culture juggernaut than, than actually just a, a great critique of, you know, <laughs> the world. Right, right. So right. I, but yeah, like I, was, I said, like I said, I, I can't see how that would have 
turned out having Bart Simpson on. <laughs> you you would have had you would have had to change the lyrics a lot. No, I mean, I would assume so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe instead of having Mike Love do all that the creepy speaking stuff, maybe that would have been Bart. And then it would be less creepy. So maybe that's why, in the long run, it wasn't supposed to be as creepy as it turned out to be. If, if Bart Simpson was singing the creepy, you know, Mike Love parts, the, the yeah, but it would have been it would have been but it would have been, it would have been it would have been bad. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and 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 maybe that would have killed the simpsons right then and we wouldn't have still had them around for years so right it was, uh, maybe, pro- it, was, it was probably for the best that they turned it down yeah i mean maybe matt granning was like listen this is not the beach boys that i love right right yeah. if, if this was the 60s beach boys coming in yeah then yeah definitely we'll we'll collaborate with them but you, you know, yeah, 90s yeah, yeah 90s beach boys yeah we'll We'll pass on that. Let, let's see how this album turns out, and then maybe we'll talk. <laughs> the <next one. laughs> and then they saw, you know, it, it sold ten copies, and they're like, "Okay, no thanks." Yeah, yeah. you guys, we're not even gonna have you guys on the show. <laughs> no, thank you. No, thank you. Actually, I was I, I was just checking out something uh, about Anthrax because I'm a big Anthrax fan. And there was a whole Anthrax documentary, and you know, Anthrax was on Married with Children. I don't know if you remember that episode. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And but originally they wanted to be on The Simpsons. That was their favorite <laughs> show. And it's like it's like it's cool. That that's one of those things. It's like Anthrax on Mary with Children is so friggin' awesome. But that would have been pretty funny to see Anthrax on The Simpsons. <laughs> 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 that would have been pretty funny. Yeah. yeah. Well, that was the, the hey. The '90s were a big time for uh, crossovers when it came to sitcoms and uh, and and music acts and, and everything. So hey, m- maybe next time. We'll, we'll break that down. <laughs> right. If, if we do, if we do that, Bob, then we know that Summer in Paradise is, that is the big bang from which it started. Hey, we, we could be opening Pandora's box right here on, hey. on this podcast, but. Well, I but, couldn't pick a better guy to open it with. No, hey, hey, I appreciate you, you coming on here, Jesse. You know, tell everybody where they can, where they can find you. Which, what, do, what do you have going on these days? I mean, I know you're. You're still out there making music and doing all that fun stuff. I am doing a lot of fun stuff. Um, uh, I have a new uh, project called Deactivator with uh, Eric Slick from Dr. Dog, which is a pretty cool thing. It's it's a very kind of heavy, no-wavy experimental album, sort of about really dealing with remote learning (laughs) and remote (laughs) relationships and remote recording, which is taking a toll on a lot of people especially myself. So this new album is, is really about that. Um, uh, I'm playing in a band called Quiz Show with a guitarist from Shudder to Think named Chris Matthews. So we're working on some stuff. Um, I'm going to be going on tour with a band called The Everly Set, which is a cover band that does Everly Brothers material with Sean Altman from Rockapella, which is really cool. We're doing some shows uh, in the Midwest. And... Best of all, um, in October, I'm doing, I arranged a memorial concert for Eddie Van Halen. Oh, because, nice. Nice. Yeah. Because we lost the world. The, we lost the greatest guitar player of all time last year. And because of COVID, we couldn't give him a concert. And if anybody deserved a tribute concert, it's fucking Eddie Van Halen. It's oh, like, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, so um, I'm partnering with uh, St. Jude's Children's Hospital to, uh, to do uh, to raise money for cancer research, so we're gonna 
to hold this concert on October 8th at the Cutting Room in New York City. It's going to be just the ultimate tribute to, to the greatest guitar player of all time. So, and uh, But if you want to check out my stuff, it's jessekrakow.bandcamp. Uh, and I got tons of cool stuff. And yeah. And don't forget, don't forget about the legendary Hulk Rules album. I have the Hulk Rules album <laughs> um, that that we covered. We we did a whole, yes. you know. If if you enjoyed listening to us break down, you know, the Beach Boys still cruising in Summer in Paradise. Go look in the the bumwinebob.com archives. You'll and see. The there's def- yeah, there's definitely a correlation. <laughs> uh, the wrestling bootcamping band that that could have been a, a yeah. Beach Boys. I mean, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm surprised we didn't get a Hulk Hogan crossover onto the summer. Maybe that would have been the next one. Maybe if if this album had done well, maybe we could have gotten Hulk on like a, a late '90s Beach Boys album if it well, wasn't actually Hulk on existed. Baywatch? Wasn't Hulk on Baywatch? Yeah, Hulk was on Baywatch too. Yeah, mm-hmm. so close. Yeah, so fucking close. I know that there's like two two ships passing in the night. They oh, I, oh you know what would have been better. Oh God, here's it. So Ryan Wilson couldn't play bass anymore. You get, get Hulk Hogan your bass player. Come on, was he going to be play, play Metallica? Oh, yeah, that, that's that's the urban legend that that Hulk Hogan was going to be the, the bass player for Metallica. That's what the man yeah. loves to to tell people. But yeah, man, if 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 Hulk, just imagine if you had Hulk Hogan in there along with John Stamos, <laughs> Mike I mean, and, and Mike Love out there with his his, right. his funny his funny shirts and his funny hats. Um, Introducing a new rhythm section, Hulk Hogan and John. <laughs> he got Hulk out there with his, his full his full gear, you know, his 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 red, you know, tight pants, his uh, his weightlifting belt, his 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 cut off shirt. He doesn't have to change his shit. His shit. I mean, no, he just puts on his his sunglasses. You know, he's just out there strumming along, strumming the bass. Thunder in Paradise, Summer in Paradise. Oh man! Uh, see, look, uh, it goes deep. <laughs> yeah, if if they had, if maybe if Thunder in Paradise lasted one more season, then the there Beach Boys go. could have been on there. Without quite, oh, they would have been salivating to get the Beach Boys for a cameo. Oh yeah, yeah. Ooh man, we we're, we got we got a lot to cover next time. <laughs> we're we're, we're time. gonna we're gonna break this down. <laughs> That's so, good, so, dude. So stay tuned. So, so once again, thanks. Thank you to Jesse for coming on here, man. I, I appreciate it. We'll be sure to check out everything you have going on. You know, if you haven't listened already, I mean, make sure to take out, check out that Hulk rules podcast in the archives, check it out at bumwinebob.com. He's Jesse. I'm bumwine Bob until next time. Cheers. The Beach Boys bring you an endless summer in paradise. The Beach Boys' new album, Summer in Paradise, featuring the hit single, Hot Fun in the Summertime. Summer in Paradise, the definitive soundtrack of summer that lasts all year round. Twelve new cuts from the Beach Boys. Summer in Paradise features the recording debut of John Stamos. Summer in Paradise, the first new studio album in seven years from the Beach Boys on Brother Entertainment.